every once in a while, you really have to hand it to Dr. John MacArthur at Grace Community Church in California. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. In so many ways, John MacArthur is one of my heroes. During the pandemic, when Governor Newsom and everybody's saying, you got to shut down the churches, got to shut down the restaurants, just got to shut down, put a mask on and stay home. They kept worshiping at their church, Grace Community Church. 7,000 people since July on a Sunday morning. 7,000. How many people died of the coronavirus from that church? Zero. How many cases attributed to that church? They think maybe three uh, security guards that work there part-time. That's it. John MacArthur had some very, very poignant words for our 46th president and his vice president. You remember on that day, oh, I don't know, eight days ago, when they they put their hands on a Bible and swore an oath. John MacArthur has a little bit of a word of warning uh, for those two. Let me say something. You better be careful when you put your hand on God. I thought of that in that inauguration. You can say whatever you want to say, but when you touch the ark, When you place your hand on the throne of God, because God is enthroned in his word, and you place your hand on the word of God and pledge to do the very things that blaspheme his name. You talk about a high-risk action. All Uzzah did was what he thought was showing some respect. God doesn't want your respect. He wants your obedience. Don't tell me that you advocate the slaughter of babies in the womb. Don't tell me you want to destroy masculinity, femininity, marriage. Don't tell me you want to fill the world with LGBTQ people in leadership. You want to justify transgender activity. Don't tell me you you want to invite more Muslims in who represent a religion from hell and then put your hand on the throne of God. I will tell you, you can say what you want, but it's true. You're blaspheming God when you put your hand on a Bible and you promise to do things that are contrary to the words contained in that book. Biden, along with Nancy Pelosi and many others, claim to be good Catholics. Good Catholics. We go to Mass. We we pray. Yet they believe in infanticide, Moloch worship, in terms of abortion. There is absolutely no way that God can bless a Biden administration when so much of your platform is spitting in the face of Jesus Christ. Period. Now you've got all these idiotic so-called evangelicals in the so-called evangelical world, even including the Southern Baptist Convention. You find pro-sodomy female preachers joining in, calling for Trump's impeachment. I mean, this is insane. These people are bona fide crazy. 
They're satanic. I'm going to call it for what it is. These people have gotten into the church and have corrupted it from within. They have turned it into the church of the Antichrist. Pro-sodomy, pro-abortion. You see this within much of the Methodist church, lots of the Presbyterians, Lutherans, (laughs) definitely the Episcopal church, United Church of Christ and others. These are no longer churches. These are satanic centers of worship. They're not. They are not churches. The power of Christ is long gone. When two men get married at their altar, you might as well put babies on the altar and slaughter them. Talked to one of these degenerate individuals not long ago. Claims to be some kind of non-Roman Catholic Catholic uh, priest or bishop or something. All pro-abortion, all pro-gay marriage, all pro-every new woke thing coming down the pike, 62 genders and all of it, satanically deceived and taking he and his congregation to hell with him. We need the church to stand up. The church, well, you saw what happened just about a year ago when we heard about the coronavirus and people started avoiding going to church, and I I kind of understand that. I get it. We didn't know. But over time, the more we learned, as proven by Dr. MacArthur, that churches were not these super spreaders they were made out to be. I'll tell you, government government abused their power. And many of these governors are anti-Christ at heart to begin with, They despise Jesus Christ. They despise Christians. They claim to be something that they're not. Oh, I go to church or I go to mass or I. Let me tell you something. Someone said, well, maybe your religion shouldn't be uh, in the government. Well, then if you you have to make a choice, what is first in your life, Jesus Christ or the government? If Jesus Christ is first in your life, then you resign from the government because you know that you're going to be going against the word of God, spitting in Jesus face. Every one of these fraudulent, phony Christian politicians that are, you know, pro-choice, pro-gay marriage, you're phonies, you're fakes, and you're frauds. If you love Jesus, resign and get out of government. You don't belong there. Remember the 15 days to flatten the curve? That became two weeks, uh, three weeks, 21 days, 28 days, 50 days, 100 days, 280 days. 300 days. It's amazing since Biden was inaugurated, we've been able to hear all these blue state tyrants. That's what they are, just tyrants. They're not governors. They're tyrants. They're anti-Christ tyrants. Whitmer, anti-Christ tyrant. Cuomo, anti-Christ tyrant. Murphy, phony Catholic anti-Christ tyrant. Newsom, agnostic antichrist tyrant all of them all of them they abused their power you know it was even sadder so many of the third world countries and i saw this in in my work they were so scared to death of this virus because they don't have near the medical capacity we have in the united states and so they were mimicking everything that we did fear is a great motivator and, and I worry that, that fear has been 
used and abused during this to control people. My guest in the program today, again, is the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. And I want to start our conversation today thinking about these motivators of fear and, in many cases, with people when it comes to the coronavirus, abject ignorance. So what say you? When you talk about ignorance and you talk about uh, fear, what do you think? Yeah, in two ways, really. Um, ignorance always heightens, uh, you know, shores up fear, right? So in in the third world, you might have more ignorance of the science mm-hmm. per se. So the fear is a lot more. Uh, I think it's also the fear of the very scientists themselves, but that's a different topic in a way. But in our country too, fear is there due to ignorance, mm-hmm. due to media dumbing us down over the years. And I, look, what I can't understand and I know I graduated high school in 1972, 48 years ago. Went on to college and electronic school and then eventually seminary. But so I've been around a while. I'm a, and I know the quality of the education I got when I graduated high school in 1972. I'm amazed at people that graduated in my class or even before me that, you know, these were people that took calculus they they took advanced american history they took science beyond beyond chemistry they took really intense courses mm-hmm. yet they're buying the nonsense they are seeing on nbc CBS what's happened over the years is those television shows, the media have dumbed down what you previously knew. Mm-hmm. You, you, it has stultified your way of logic and thinking. When you don't need logic and you don't use logic, you lose logic. In other words, for the most part, it's kind of like when I was studying Greek. You know, we had a phrase, Greek leaks. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it, right? That's what's happening. And when people aren't aren't taught to think anymore, when they don't have to, Mm -hmm. when I watch a television debate and then the experts come on and tell me what it was all about, so I don't have to think about it. Absolutely. That's what we're used to now. Now I've got text messages. I don't even, you know, I can do, I found out people don't even have to put LOL for laugh out loud. I've got, I hear people in the store talking and then saying, lol. Lol. Be- because they're saying it now instead of writing it because they don't want to laugh out loud. We've, we've, we're becoming dumber and dumber, I hate to say it, because we're, we're, we're degrading there, ourselves. There's an old saying, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it, and I don't, t- don't find it offensive now, please. Mm-hmm. And I heard this, I'm trying to remember who told this to me or where I picked it up, but it's stuck with me ever since. It says ignorance can be cured, but stupid is forever. There you go. There's a difference, you know. We and and most of our problem, it's not people being stupid. There are some that I I mm-hmm. will attribute stupidity, mm-hmm. willful stupidity, um, inherited whatever, refusing to learn. So you refuse to be made. Uh, to learn. I mean, a lot of stupid people are stupid because when given the opportunity to learn, they they don't want to. They don't want to know. That's willful ignorance, and I like to phrase that dumb on purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. I just want to be dumb. I'm dumb and dumber. I don't want to learn. I don't want to know, and I don't want to think it through. You know why? Because the experts told me. 
And if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. I don't need the thing. That's where we are. And, no, and, and now we, we and now we have a complicit educational system. You know, in too many places, there's still a handful, but they're becoming rare. Well, that are will for participants. What do we have coming? Something called AI. What does that mean? Artificial Art- intelligence. Oh. So now we're going to have an intelligence, not ours, really. We're going to mm-hmm. have an artificial intelligence that's going to pretty much do all the thinking for you. Isn't that wonderful? And you're going to be hooked up to it. And it will do all the thinking for you. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, it's a nightmare is what it you is. Know, but I, most people think it's going to be great, like Huxley said, right? I had a discussion two years ago with a high school graduate. And, and as far as I'm concerned, these are students that were never got their work done, never could finish this, never would never would show up to school. You know, back in my day, you would have been held back a year or two or three, you know, for the number of absences that they have. But they're getting to the magic age, you know, and, well, maybe we can classify you as a special needs student. That's what they kind of do. And so then the next thing you know, they magically go to school half a day and they're graduating early uh, but they they still so you ask these people a question so you get into a discussion and this discussion is all circular reasoning and illogic and you go wait a minute in mathematics two plus three equals five it can't equal seven and they come back yes it can if that's what you really believe huh mm-hmm. <laughs> I said where did you get that in school yep so in other words yep. two plus three can equal five but it can equal seven if that's what your world dictates. Mm. But the world well won't right. If your world dictates, right. But now, and I said so. Well, I said yeah. Try that with your checking account. <laughs> no, that <laughs> right. doesn't work. But the, the bank's the, not going to do that with you. <laughs> no, but but there's this idea that all things are relative, and we and it's it, ever it, the world is whatever you want it to be. This is how transgenderism is accepted on one hand, but over. You know, overdrawing your checking account is not accepted on the other. Why does it work in one part of your life but not the other? Well, it's not only that and your own opinion or desire, right? But now there's the advertisements in Australia that I, I showed that, you know, you need to show your support for transgenderism mm-hmm. if you're a man by peeing, sitting down. Yeah, I know. And so now we're being asked to show our support. To, so we need to act like that. I got to. I got to stop you right there. It's not there anymore. But about twenty years ago, and I remember this because my late wife was still alive in the early days of everybody being online. All right, somebody actually built a funny website just to be funny. I mean, just to be making fun of political correctness probably around 2002 or 2003, called sit2p.com. And it was the funniest, just you couldn't, I mean, (laughs) now it's real. Yeah. The stuff we used to joke about years ago is real. I mean, Saturday Night Live, I used to watch that. Now half of the stuff there you can't even joke about. No. It's actually real. And and look, so what are Christians to do? We live in an upside-down world. We live in a satanic inversion. Mm-hmm. We live in a world that's taking away any truth, absolute truth, God, faith, and calling you either an extremist, okay, or, or a conspiracy nut. What do you do? You know, we see these these signs of things around us, especially if you're awake to the scriptures and to the Lord. Uh, and, and I look at it this way. We are to notice 
signs, but I'm not really looking for Antichrist. I need to be mm-hmm. looking for Jesus Christ, right? Amen. Um, so here's the one thing I would say to people. Number one, make sure you have a living faith, a living faith, Absolutely. not a faith that you just some look many people go to church carrying jesus in their bible but not in their hearts amen and that's a problem we need a living faith that that is in every part of our life number two humble mindedness we got to stop the argument the the arguments thinking you know we've got the number one theology of the number one church and the, look well don't do you we i thought we did <laughs> right yeah i'm Christ? just kidding I know. But these are the things. Humble mindedness. Because I can tell you, the times we're in are anything but humble. And And divided Christians can't do anything for the kingdom. That's right. But humility will show you for being real. I don't want to argue with other Christians about... Well, we do things this way. You don't do them the way we do them, so you're you you probably not correct. You know, I mean, I'm tired right. of the argument. Okay, fine. Me too. Fine. Me too. So, so yeah, but so living. what's your solution? What is your solution then to winning the lost? You don't have one. You're too busy fighting yeah. doctrinal issues among other Christians to even care about right. the lost. And what did what did Francis Schaeffer? You remember him? He mm-hmm. said that in the end the greatest apologetic is going to be love the real love god's love that is connected to god truth right so you've got the you've got living out your faith you've got humble mindedness prayer i don't know how many of us really pray not as many as should we do we might say we do we might say okay i'll pray for you and how many really do you don't comes down to it we need to pray because prayer it doesn't you know change god it changes you and and god works on you through that prayer now say that again because I want the, that was a profound prayer, thought that are missed by too many. doesn't change God it changes you. God knows what you're going to ask. God knows what's good for you. God wants you to to come and to pray to him, talk to him. Mm-hmm. When my kids were little, I used to say to them, "How does God talk to you?" and they'd say, "The Bible." And I'd say, "And how do you talk to God?" and they'd say, "Prayer." I say, right, you got to have a two-way relationship, folks. Mm -hmm. It can't just be me reading my Bible to get God's word. You need to talk to him, too. So prayer is number three. We've got to be practicing that more. And number four is the spiritual readiness. That's where we're awake, right? We have that woke scenario today. No, no, no. I'm talking about be wakeful and pray, for you know not Mm -hmm. the time. That's what Mark 13 says. 33 tells us so we need to be in prayer and we need to be watching god will open your eyes i can't tell you how many times i've talked to somebody and i'm not sure when i'm witnessing to them i'm not quite sure the words to say so in my own mind i'm saying to myself give me more light lord more light i need a little more light and and if something would come to my mind and I would say it and, and their light bulb would go on and we'd have a good conversation and I could lead them to Christ. Listen, we need light. We can only see light in his light, which is why we ask for the light of his countenance Amen. to be with us and to go before us. This is what it's all about. You know, it's not all about antichrist the season of antichrist conspiracies politics none of that i told you before my Mm. view of politics 
Polly is many. Ticks are little blood sucking creatures. Yep. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and they come in they, and they come in both colors of red and blue. <laughs> you betcha. So we're not of this world, nor should we be. What does Jesus say? He says, "Take up your cross and follow me." What is the cross? It's an instrument of death. You need to die every day to yourself. You Even St. Paul reminds us we must be dead daily to sin. Yes. Every day. Not every not next week. Day. Not once a week coming to church and then saying, Heavenly Father, I confess my sins unto you, yada, 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 blah, 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 you're forgiven. It doesn't work that way. It's a daily so, confession. Yes. So there's this thing called detachment. And we need to be practicing that as Christians right now, just like the early church did in the first 300 years. They didn't have much, mm -hmm. right? And they didn't need much. We have everything. It's disgusting how much stuff we have. And how much we take it for granted. Out storage units just to put our junk in because we have no room at home for it. That's one of the fastest growing industries this country saw in the last right. 20 years. The right. storage industry. But detachment, look, if the worst case scenario happened and you're moved or relocated from your home or you had to go to some facility or look, mm -hmm. no matter what, you're not going to have any of your stuff about it. Yeah. Have you nurtured your prayer life? Do you know, you know, if you're put in solitary, to be honest with you. You'll go crazy inside of a week mm -hmm. if you don't know how to schedule your day out talking to the Lord and being sane in doing that. Yes. Uh, there was a gentleman who was in the Romanian prison under communism. He was a monk in Romania. And he said, you know, the, the communists wanted us to go insane. Instead, he goes, I went within. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God is within you. The Lord said, and I went within and I prayed and I quoted Psalms and I talked to the Lord and I had certain hours each day that I felt were the right time because I had no clock. And he said, they put me in a solitary confinement for 11 years. I didn't see a book, a written page. I didn't have a pencil. 11 years, he said. And I just, I found myself. I found God. I found God. He, you know what we are? We're all a long set of quotes. We read Bibles. We have, bi we have books on our shelves. Mm -hmm. We can quote different authors. But when you have none of those, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? How are you going to survive when you're alone? You're going to do it because you're never alone. Because you got him. And I always say to people, you're never going to know what you have in Jesus. Until so, Jesus is all you have. And we have a world today, and we're going to be going to a break here in a moment, and I want to pick up on this, but we have a world today where we have basically, in in my opinion, and forgetting any oddball cults and what have you, you've got three kind of churches, or what is called the church. <clears throat> you've, you've got the one that is decided to become part of the world. They, they've adopted the things of the world. They love the world more than they love this entity called God, and God can be whatever you make him to be, Buddha, Jesus, um, a cosmic muffin, you make it up right. as you go along. And and it's a, it's a church that is beautiful, but it has no sin to worry about. Anything that even deals with confession, it's unless it's about you know cultural wokeness, 
Mm-hmm. All bets are off. We, we're not sinners. We're inherently good people. We just need to be, you know, learning to do bigger and better things like understanding transgenderism and mm-hmm. all that goes with it. Right, right. And, and we need to be understanding that that, lo- that this phony love that they that they're perpetuating out there. That's right. And and you know, it doesn't matter. We we can defy the word of God because the word of God is irrelevant. It's only what you what's inside of you. That's one kind of church. It's an apostate dead church full of those that are that are willingly have bought into Satan and they are literally satanic churches pretending to be godly. Sure. sure. So that's one kind of church that we have out there. Then we have the church of of how I feel today. And, and those kind of churches are entertainment centric. And I'm not saying that all in them are are condemned, but there but there there are too many people that I meet in those churches, way too many, that talk about what they go to get from church, not what they go to give into church. Right. Um, they, they 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 their idea of an offering is my little tip for the week. Um, mm-hmm. They they sit in comfortable chairs with the light show, with the music and the singer and the blue jeans and and all the graphics on the screen and the videos and. And like one gal wrote this program and said, you know, I never realized it until we had to go to church online, what a theatrical production it was. And it made her wonder and rethink where she's at. And she's trying to find a a church for herself. And the third kind of church is the one that is truly trying to be the church, the living body of Christ on this earth. Um, Some are big, some are small, Uh, but they're obedient to the word of God. Some are sacramental, some need to be, but they're they're really out there trying to do what God has called them to do to be the living body of Christ on this earth. Yep. And and the very the very things that I said, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the things, and and they're they're filled with theologians, the theologians who are not the ones who know the theology, but they know Jesus. Yes. That's a theologian, according to the early church. We need them again. Because I don't see many of them in church, I hate to tell you. Not anymore, you don't. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. This is the program Truth to Ponder, Thursday edition. My guest today is Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales, one of the more popular guests in the program. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what our response as a Christian should be in this very changing world. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The answer is blowing in the wind. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now back in the 60s, Dylan wrote a song that became a kind of anthem for that generation. The chorus went, the answer is blowing in the wind. Now you might not think those words are biblical, but in Hebrew they are. You see, in Hebrew, the word for wind is ruach. Try it, ruach. And ruach not only means wind, it means spirit. So if you sang the song in Hebrew, you'd be saying the answer is blowing in the ruach or the answer is blowing in the spirit. So Bob Dylan was right, only he didn't know at the time which wind the answer was blowing in. The answer is always blowing in the spirit. That's what the Bible says when you read, it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. That's what the Bible's saying when it says, if you set your mind on the flesh, it's death. But if you set your mind on the spirit and follow its leading, you'll walk in the newness of life. See, it's so easy to get lost in all the details of this life. It's so easy to get frustrated over all the things you don't have. But the answer is blowing in the wind. 
It's so easy to lose your peace and all the fears and worries going on around you, but the answer is blowing in the wind. And it's so easy to let your eyes and heart be seduced by the things of this world, but the answer is still blowing in the wind. Turn away from all those things and look to that which is unseen but never passes away. That which alone gives you life, the wind, the spirit, the ruach, and you'll walk in the newness of life. Because the answer to your needs and your problems in your life, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Want more? Ask for ruach. Now, how often do you get offered to you something that's priceless, wonderful, life-changing, and free? Here goes right now. Sapphires, it's as precious as it sounds, guaranteed to help give you a life and walk of joy and victory in the spirit and the incredible mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. It's priceless. It's free. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus's Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy at Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Or HaOlam, the light of the world. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. So glad that you take time to listen to this as a radio program. And and I'm learning, I'm learning many are listening as a podcast. When I look at where the program is being listened to, I'm often surprised. I, I figured that it would be all the United States when I'm wrong when it comes to a podcast. Australia, United Kingdom, Canada, Greece. Those are nations that I'm, I'm, I've got a regular following now and I'm, I'm very surprised. I want to thank you for listening. For those who listen by shortwave, I want to thank you for supporting this ministry. Uh, the the shortwave airtime is not free. It's not ridiculously high, but it's still more than I can handle by myself. And if you want to help in do with paying that bill, uh, for those that are listening on KVOH, uh, um, this is the end of the first month coming tomorrow. And I want to find out if this program has been a blessing to you. Let me know by email, bob at truth2ponder.com. Bob at truth2ponder.com. You can even help us from the website. For those that would prefer to mail a check, you can do that to our address here in Georgia. And we'll be talking more tomorrow about some of the things happening uh, in radio. We talked about a lot of it yesterday. You can reach us at 21 Berkshire, number 263, 21 Berkshire, number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. And if you make a check out, make it out to Ancient Word Radio. That is the parent ministry that I've put together for a number of the things that I do in radio uh, as part of my active church ministry. So that's how that is set up, Ancient Word Radio. And I want to thank you in advance for you know, I, every gift, large or small, and I've had them both, 
it all seems to come together just in time to pay the bills as they're coming due. And so I, I want to thank you for blessing me and may God bless you for supporting this work, the radio show Truth to Ponder. The church today is probably not the church it was one year ago before the pandemic hit. In my opinion, the church a year ago was already in deep trouble in many parts of the world. Many churches, as we were saying before, the break have gone totally apostate. They, they've rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've thrown out the scripture. They, they live for teachings that they apply unto themselves. Wasn't that many months ago that the Episcopal Church uh, tried a bishop because he was trying to hold to the word of God and not the corrupted canons and things of the church demanding that, that he participate and accept gay marriage. The Bible doesn't, but the Episcopal Church does. And increasingly, these churches that have just bought into satanic doctrine are corrupting people and deceiving people. The same is true within many parts of the Presbyterian and Lutheran Church and Methodist Church as well. They have become corrupted churches. They no longer preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Somewhere along the way, they turn their back and they've adopted the things of the world. Others, they they sound good, but too many people are not being fully fed the, the fullness of the Word of God, and it's all about their feelings. And did I get anything today? Oh, the music didn't move me today. Well, that's not the, that's not the purpose of church. You need to find a church where the Bible is preached in its fullness, where the wonderful gifts of the sacraments are given. Um, that's a blessing I think a lot of my evangelical friends miss. You know, we, we can spend an attorney debating it, but I don't have time to debate it now. We have too much work to do in this kingdom. There is a world that is dying out there. And, and the church has been, well, in trouble. A year ago, who would have ever thought that suddenly a governor of a state could say, you can't worship, shut it down, I'll take your bill. You know, St. Andrew Cuomo the Pious in New York telling the Jewish people, you worship, we'll close your building and take it away from you. We'll destroy it. We'll plow it down. I mean, any minute. And and look at Newsom. Now, there's some churches that have defied him, and then, you know, they're, they're, we'll see how that all pans out. Turns out the churches were never the super spreaders anyway that they were claimed to be. Just wasn't, uh, for the most part. Only rare occurrences, I can think of one near Albany, Georgia, and a couple of others, but there was a lot more to it at the time early on than we know now. There's so much about this virus that has been used to control you and I. The Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales is with me today. And as we talk about the church, how do we how do we keep ourselves glued together? I started saying a year ago, I've been saying it for three years on the radio, that Christians need their own platform. Um, and now, and now, since you know, we, we've watched what uh, <laughs> we've watched Twitter, we've watched Amazon, we've watched Facebook, we've watched them all collude together. Apple and even Google. I told you they yep. weren't your friends, but you didn't listen. And you know what? You're still seeing more of that. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday from Hungary uh, when Stalin came in. He said, "You know what? We had neighbors just because they tried to secretly listen to Radio Free Europe." Mm-hmm. Some other neighbor turned them in, <clears throat> and they were taken away yep. because they listened to Radio Free Europe. 
So, look, times can get bad. Yes. And as I said before, we're, we are in a season, a season of Antichrist, right? Absolutely. You, I don't know when he's coming. We don't. But we know this. We know that no matter what, we need to be living lives that are intentional Christians, that are humble and that are faithful, that are prayerful, and we're ready. We do have to watch, right? That's right. That's right. The one thing I'm, I see, okay, scripturally, and it's very interesting, too, but the one thing I see going on now, which really makes my head spin because I just didn't see it coming to this extent, is the separation uh, you know, that when, when Antichrist comes, mm-hmm. we know this, that there will be a distinguishing between the real faithful and unbelievers Absolutely. in the church. In the church. In the church. The real faithful and the unbelievers, the ones who are really going to stand up for truth and the ones who've just been playing church, even the ones we thought were faithful because they prayed or they led a prayer group, they're going to be the or ones. Or they were the pastor. Yeah. Or yeah. they were the pastor. You're going to find that. You're going to see it. <clears throat> yes. These are the toys in Antichrist's hands, as as John Henry Newman said. Uh, but the ones who will resist, the ones who will be able to stand in that time, are not the ones who, you know, have the guns. and They're the ones who have detached from the world, who have put their hopes in things above, not on mm-hmm. things here on the earth. Yeah, in other words, they they weren't they weren't preaching the ballot box. And and I've been right. saying this for years. You know, you're not going to win spiritual warfare on Twitter or Facebook. It's just not that's not where you do the battle. Well, um, well that's right. And that's and right. too many people thought that if we go to the ballot box and we vote the right people in, we'll fix the world so Jesus can can come back to a ready-made perfect world. Well, what did he say? That's po- that, that is that is that is heresy. Yeah. Revelation sixteen fifteen says, Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is he who is vigilant and keeps his garments. Mm-hmm. In other words, the Lord urges us to practice spiritual watchfulness and listen to this, and he blesses the one who's vigilant. Mm-hmm. The one who keeps pure in the virtues, who, who who keeps clothing his soul with the virtues and with Christ. I think it was St. Gregory the theologian in the 1500s. He said, while we have time, let us visit Christ. Yes. Let us serve Christ. Let us nourish Christ. Let us clothe Christ and let us offer hospitality to Christ. That's what we do while we're here in this world. If you're doing those things, you're not going to stumble, beloved. You're just not. You're going to be able to stand because your feet are going to go from It's the not your power. It's not your power. The, the Lord is just laying something really heavy on my heart right now, yep. and I want you to amplify this in just a moment. Yep. There's so many people, you know, when, when you look at all the, you know, back in the Tim LaHaye uh, Left Behind right, series and right. all that, Number one, if you know me, you'll understand why I do not believe in the phony doctrine of the rapture. It's it's a, it's it's, it's it's sorry, it is what it is. Yep. Yep. It, it, it was never taught by the church until Darby in the eighteen hundreds, and ended up in the Schofield notes. It was never something the church ever accepted. Period. Now that's not bad news. You know, the idea of tribulation is still not bad news. 
Right. And we're not to be afraid of it. I mean, a lot of people, I know they mean well. They, they would use the idea of the apocalyptic scenery to get you saved because then you get raptured out and you never have to worry about the great tribulation, my friend, because you have, you have got the rapture to take you out of here. We'll yeah, see so. you in the rapture by and by. I mean, I've yeah. heard that, that song in the South to like want to get sick. And I'm going, no, it's not going to be that way. Christians since the time of Christ have always faced periods of persecution, period, end of discussion. Yep. And you can look at the church in Rome. Uh, how many how many people went to their death in the Colosseum? They couldn't meet in nice church buildings with stained glass windows and pipe organs and hymnals. Or right. today it's now, you know, multimeter theaters with smoke machines and a light show and, and powerful audio here. amplifiers. You know, they didn't have any of that. We've had that in the United States, and we've trashed it by never even bothering half the half of us to even go anymore. England, what is it, like complacent. 8% go to church? <clears throat> yep. We become complacent and comfortable. Look, that's what it comes down to. The church didn't just go through periods of persecution. The majority of the church has been persecution. It has. We are in an anomaly. We're, we're in a country where 200 years, a little over 200 years, we haven't seen massive persecution against Christians. That's not the norm. No, it isn't. History at all. Even in England, no. three and four hundred years ago, you know, Protestants were being, you know, burnt at the stake, you know, for yes. for, for not believing the way they're yeah, supposed they switched to. Switched off. They burned the Catholic, burned the Protestants. <laughs> they yeah. went back and forth. It was but insanity. Way, you suffered. You suffered. And and the ministers had to go into what they call them priest holes, right? Little holes in a wall where a minister would go hide in your house just to do a service there. Um, that's the catacombs, and that was in the 1500s. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago, folks. It really wasn't. Even and, in Europe in the 1930s, 40s, and right. then then behind. Look, then then you had East it's Germany, Spain, where and, you yeah. know you know Germany, yeah. where where Martin Luther used to traipse, split in half. Yep. yep. And, you know, and, and, you know, they, speaking of East Germany, we were talking about transgenderism before, mm-hmm. you know, right. but maybe, you know, the East German, you know, look at the East Germans that played in, in the Olympics. How many of those women were actually men? You know, right. we don't know to this day. I mean, but now we're now we're making it standard. I mean, they were saying, how can these women win? <laughs> they, right. It's impossible unless they're a man. Well, gee, welcome to the world of of the Bidens, and and right. you know we we now have that as part of our culture. You know, women's sports is over, my friend. It's it's over. But like you said, even for the Christian, though the tough times are coming. Those things are changing. The cultural things, women's sports, and man and male and female. But for Christians, look, the Scripture says, you know, through many afflictions, it's necessary for us to enter the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. Through many afflictions, you enter the kingdom of God. He didn't say through a pep rally where you threw your your you know your sins and a piece of paper into the fire at, at a camp. Yeah. yeah. He said through I, many afflictions. I'm telling you, one one of the things that there is good news in all of this, even though there's no rapture, there's still some incredibly good news, and people don't get it. They don't want to hear, see the American mindset is we want the easy Christianity, the one that we can ditch if there's something better on a Sunday to do, except go to church, like you know a softball game or some kids sports. That's more important in many parts of the world today, or kids sports on a Sunday morning, or tennis, or or golf. You know, it, it is what we live for. And yet, Jesus says, 
I want all of you. I want every part of you. You know, you, you, it's more than just surrendering ourselves. It is giving ourselves fully unto Jesus Christ. Are we the guy, you know, that Jesus confronted and said to him, yeah, I know you've kept all those things, but go sell everything you have and come follow me. You know, and, one of the... And we say, there's no way I can do that. There's no way. You know, when you think about, you remember in the scripture, Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. Mm-hmm. And you want to know, if you really want to understand what that is, let the world do the things of the world. You know, they, they, right. they're good at that. They're good right. at burying the dead. They're good at all the things that the world does. In other words, don't worry about it. It's not your problem anymore. You know, you need to be into a kingdom mindset, and you're not. Right. And and those that are really into Christ, they don't fear what's coming because God will carry them through rejoicing every step of the way. If you're a Christian right now and you're saying, but I'm afraid of what could be happening. Well, you need to rethink your status because there's something wrong in your relationship with Jesus Christ. My guest today has been Dr. Timothy Gales. And and I I just want to give you one moment here to kind of close this out. And I got something else I want to share. All right. So, Scripture tells us in the world we're going to have tribulation, but be of good heart, be of good courage, I've overcome the world. Um, We need to consider that the sufferings of this present time are not anything worth comparing with the glory that's to be revealed in us, because this isn't our home, and we are told that over and over and over again in Scripture. It is you and I who are walking through this world, but we need to be looking up and have our heart set on things above, not on things here on the earth. Good friend of mine that I worked with many years ago at Toccoa Falls College at the radio ministry. Uh, She's a bit younger than I am, and I've known her for a number of years, and, and she has been known to record some music And I'm thinking about one of the problems we have with many Christians, we have not fully surrendered our lives unto Jesus Christ. Kathy Nicholson to sing for us a song she wrote very recently called Surrender. Spoken. This is all I know to say. 
Kathy Conley Nicholson and her song, Surrender. I worked with Kathy many, many years ago. I'm dating myself now. Back in the, back around 1986, I think it was the latter part, somewhere in there, I went to work for Toccoa Falls College in Northeast Georgia. They had one radio station, just an FM, not big in terms of coverage at that time. And they had a lot of high hopes of things that they wanted to do to improve. They were looking at buying a radio station in middle Georgia. And so I was hired to come on board. And I really wasn't planning on staying, but more than a year or two. Because it was a lower income to begin with. But God had other plans, and I stayed there 14 years in Tacoa. And as I look back now at my time there, we took that one radio station to a number of owned and operated radio stations around the southeast, a satellite network at one time, and a number of affiliates. And I can remember how well this radio station could reach out and minister to people in multiple states. It was such a privilege to be a part of that ministry team at that time. And it was during that time that God opened the doors for for me to actually be in the kind of ministry work that I'm doing today. So it all it all worked out for the glory of God in his kingdom. Kathy was a communications student at the time and she worked for the radio station. Even after I left to go more into ministry in Florida in uh, the fall of 1998, she stayed on for a number of years. She works now as a radio announcer in a in northeast Georgia. And she's very active in, in, in a number of Christian enterprises, so to speak, and writing music and speaking, women's uh, Bible studies, and so on. We live in a very different time now than just a year ago. Earlier this week, uh, yesterday in particular, I, I talked about some of the opportunities that are out there for, for Christians to communicate. As the Twitters and the Facebooks all become more anti-Christian, and they are. Things that you believe as Bible-believing and true Christians. Now, I'm not talking about the phony Christians, the pro-sodomy, pro-abortion Christians that are not Christian. They claim the name of Christ, but they're going to be the ones that are going to hear those words. Depart from me, you evildoers. I never knew you. When you willingly reject and dispose and mock God's word, God will not be mocked. I can't make it any clearer. We're coming into a time where using shortwave radio is gonna become increasingly more important. We're currently running this program as a podcast and so far we've been fairly well treated. I'm still trying to find other online options so I'm not dependent upon some company that with a moment's notice can say we don't like your content you're gone and I've got to be mindful of that each and every day so trying to figure out those parts of the ministry is is not easy shortwave like I said I'll talk more tomorrow about that as we go into the weekend show there's just such such opportunity Regardless, we need ways to communicate. 
We cannot be unprepared. We learned that lesson, church. You learned it a year ago when you woke up and everything seemed just perfectly normal at my church. You know, this is back in January. We never thought about the coronavirus. I'm still making plans into February that got canceled. Uh, Not by the virus, by weather. And the next thing we know, bam, we're locking down churches, shutting down restaurants, hairstylist salons. It was it was incredible. You find out how quick your ability to worship can be taken away in spite of it being enshrined in the Constitution. We need to be prepared on how we worship again and don't lose touch. We've got to work on that now while we have a little time again. Now that the left-wing governors are, you know, backing off their mandates of shutting everything down, I guess they got to raise a few dollars for their state coffers that they have not been able to fill. And as they look with their hands out to you and the federal government. If you believe in the work that we're doing, trying to keep this on short wave, trying to find better ways to reach more people, would you consider a small gift? It doesn't have to be much. Five dollars, ten dollars. You can do it online by PayPal. You can do it from Anchor, the podcast site. You can even give a small monthly 99 cent uh, contribution. Or you can write a check to Ancient Word Radio, my parent ministry, Ancient Word Radio. And you can mail it to me, Bob or Truth to Ponder, at 21 Berkshire Lane. 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. We are located in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, Georgia, zip code 30537. We will be back for the Friday and weekend edition, and we're going to explore how we're going to stay connected. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.